Hi, I'm Deirdre Veldon and this is Confronting Coronavirus, a daily podcast on the COVID-19 outbreak. As we enter yet another week in lockdown, many aspects of our lives have been placed on hold. Schools have closed, shops and restaurants have shut, gigs, sporting events and weddings have all been postponed. But there is one part of life for which there is no pause button. Keep going. Okay, now big, big breath again, quickly. Okay, big, big breath again. And a big push again now. Come on, a big push. 716. Congratulations. Look at your baby, huh? He's gorgeous. So what is it like to have a baby in the middle of a global pandemic? Maternity hospitals have brought in new policies. There are strict visitation rules and in some cases women are giving birth alone. Lizanne Tormey from Dublin is due her first child, a baby girl, on the 8th of May. I would imagine as a first-time mother, walking into the hospital myself would be nerve-wracking, showing up at the labour and ward and not being able to bring my husband in with me. It, it could be quite scary. Um, I mean, look, who's going to carry my hospital bags? <laughs> but no, um, um, I mean, does he drop me to the door? Um, does he just sit in the car for many hours while I'm in labour at the hospital? Does somebody call him and tell him I'm just about to give birth? Hurry on in. We we don't really know. I suppose it's um, uncharted waters. Really, I, I think I'm more upset, to be honest, not not for necessarily me, for my husband missing out on an amazing life experience and rather than being scared for myself. When did you first start to hear about coronavirus? I first started to hear about it, um, it was in January and it was when it was becoming most serious in China. And then in February, I was on a training day in work. It's a, it's a multinational company in, in Dublin. We've, we've a lot of um, people that are traveling all the time. So you're quite um, cautious of that as well. But we were hearing more reports of it coming closer to home and people at home contracting the virus. And at that point, I started to realize it's becoming more relevant to us here in Ireland. The World Health Organization says Europe is now the epicenter of the global coronavirus pandemic. It's been a little bit kind of crazy, I suppose. Um, you know, you're worried about myself or my husband, of course, catching COVID-19. Of course, I worry about maybe the baby catching COVID after she's born in the hospital. It should be unlikely we we catch it because we've become so careful. And I think a lot of pregnant women would agree at this point. You know, you're leaving the house very little and you're super cautious. I mean, I go beyond the two meter distance from others. I just strictly walk across the other side of the road if I see somebody coming. Um, you know, the grocery shop is very limited. I think the one benefit is when you have a very large pregnancy bump, um, nobody leaves you queuing um, with a trolley. Um, you're, you're brought straight up to the top of the line. And so um, I get in and out as quickly and safely as possible. My husband, unfortunately, was made redundant a few weeks ago as well. So that has been quite stressful. Like a lot of people, we have a mortgage to pay and he's got a small house in Athlone. He bought in 2007 in negative equity. Um, a lot of people were stung with that, unfortunately, at the time um, in Ireland. So his tenant has lost their job as well due to COVID and could not longer pay their rent. So uh, trying to deal with the banks on, on what we can do there has been a bit stressful, especially just before the baby is due. We didn't envisage any of that. You're attending a Dublin maternity hospital. How much information have you been given by the hospital about coronavirus and what kind of restrictions, for example, will apply during labour? 
The National Maternity Hospital have shared some articles and um, videos the, the professor, the master there, Shane Higgins, um, about the measures they're taking. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we've had to make amendments to our policies with regards to patient visiting and patients attending for clinic visits. We've also made They've actually created, my understanding is, a mini hospital within a hospital environment to separate COVID-19 mothers and babies from the rest of the hospital. This area behind me has been converted into a negative pressure ventilated area, or isolation ward, which will allow us to look after patients who have a suspected or confirmed diagnosis of COVID-19 infection. They're not allowing any visitors whatsoever, which I fully agree with. It's the same with my antenatal um, appointments and, and scans. My husband hasn't been able to attend any of those recently and indeed the next one. Um, currently, they're saying the father can only be present for the actual birth, not the pre-labor, we don't believe, and they must leave immediately after the birth. We really did hope my husband could experience, you know, that special, what we hear, skin-to-skin, father-baby time the fathers normally do um, after the birth. However, we are very practical people. Um, we do feel that all that's really important right now is to get the baby out safely in either way and, and we get home safely. And it's, you know, the, the, the sad thing is more so I find for my partner or the husband that they are, you know, missing out on that very, very special life experience. I think the biggest thing for me is not him not experiencing, you know, that immediate time after birth and getting to know the baby. The pregnancy journey as we know it has changed and so has life for the thousands of doctors and midwives in Ireland's maternity hospitals. Amy Rochford is a Dublin-based midwife. In the last few weeks, she has seen life on her wards change dramatically. The big thing that I'm finding personally and, you know, kind of with talking to my colleagues and friends and work, one thing we're all really noticing is that we're kind of missing the closer contact that we would have had with the woman before. So if you look after somebody, you help deliver their baby and um, you bring them to the ward, the natural thing that we would have done before would have been give them a hug. Even in labour, you know, you'd be kind of there holding the woman's hand, maybe rubbing her back. So a lot of what we do is very tactile and involves touch. And obviously all you hear now is, you know, everybody has to keep two metres back. So that's really, really, I suppose we're really noticing that because it just feels like it goes against everything that we would instinctively do when we're wearing the mask and the goggles. You know, you can just basically see your eyes and you don't really realise until you're wearing a mask for a whole day. And, um, you know, the difference it makes when you can't see if somebody's smiling, you can't see what their facial expressions are. And it really does make the communication between you and the woman that little bit different. How are parents coping with the new measures? Well, I suppose something that they're finding the most difficult is the visiting restrictions. So in most places now, the only time that a, a birthing partner will be able to come into the hospital is when the woman is in established labour. So that means when she's in a private room in delivery. So, you know, we would have women coming into the hospital who aren't quite quite ready for the labour ward, but would still be having contractions, would still, you know, in early labour, um, having partner support is so important for the woman. And not having someone there we are really noticing that that does, you know, that does have an impact on women. So the hospital I work in there, you know, they will be there for the whole birth and then they would go home when the woman is transferred to the postnatal ward. 
Um, for some places, I know that they're just allowed in just as the birth is about to happen and they're only really allowed there for a short period of time. Um, but obviously those kind of those visiting um, rules are obviously restricted further if either the woman uh, is suspected COVID-19 or she has it or else her partner has it, in which case then, you know, unfortunately those women have had to have their babies by themselves. It's very difficult and it kind of, it's, it's proving quite challenging. But unfortunately, I think even as hard as it is, um, the women have been understanding. But obviously it's such an important life event. It's hard to imagine that it won't have an impact on people in the future. On the 26th of March this year, Aideen Goggin from Cork gave birth to a healthy baby boy called Henry. This was Aideen's fourth pregnancy, but her experience in the hospital was a little different this time round. So um, when I went in, my husband dropped me at the door of the hospital, which was quite strange. Um, so he said goodbye at the door and he went through all these checks at the door of Hollow Street you know, hand washing and all of that. And you left your bag with a porter who would bring that up to you. So that was a little strange. You were brought into, you know, on previous occasions, my husband would have come up to the ward with me and I suppose done the waiting around and we'd have been together, been able to talk, been able to chat, whereas this was very different. You were on your own. Now I have to say, the nurses and my consultant as well, they were, they were amazing in terms of being very present and comforting and answering any questions. And so they did try to make up for the fact that I suppose it was a very different experience to what you would normally be used to. And in the following days, what was the experience in hospital like without visitors and so on? That was really strange um, because... Obviously, my husband was in the labour ward with me. Um, he had to leave. Once I had to leave the labour ward, he had to go home. Um, so it was very strange going into a room with just you and your baby um, and knowing that there was, you know, not going to be any surprise visitors coming in the door, that my mum wasn't going to be coming in or my sisters or obviously my partner. So that was really strange. And actually, particularly um, in the days following the birth, the, the actual full lockdown restrictions, the day after I gave birth, that those came into force. So I remember watching Leo Bradker speaking on the news. So with effect from midnight to night, everybody must stay at home in all circumstances. That was really strange to watch that by yourself in the hospital. Except for the following situations. To travel to and from work. In fairness, the nurses did their best in terms of coming in and checking on you more often, changing nappies, helping with feeding, and, and again, just taking more time to talk to you than, than they would otherwise be able to do. So I definitely felt supported despite the difficult circumstances. So, so that was a real positive. These lockdown restrictions mean no visitors, no hugs from grandparents, no one popping in to say hello. Mother-to-be Lizanne has prepared herself for this reality when she eventually brings home her new daughter. 
I could easily give birth now in the next two weeks, three weeks at, at most. She's due the 8th of May, but they're saying it could be earlier because she's um, in a breach position. But but basically, yes, we're we're accepting of that. We know that that's going to be the case. Unfortunately, um, she's not going to be able to meet any of her family. It's probably going to be all video video calls to meet the baby and who knows how long that's going to be for. I mean, some people are saying it could be June, July, or who knows how long that will be for. So that will be difficult. I mean, uh, yeah, that she's not able to meet anybody. A lot of pe- a lot of my friends are trying to give me the pros of, you know, trust me, you'll, you'll want that time. You won't want the visitors. You know, the baby will be safer that way. Um, but yeah, of course, it's going to be difficult, particularly for um, Mark's mother, her granny and and my father, my father actually is stuck out in Australia due to COVID. Um, he w- went to visit his um, brother and, in February. And unfortunately, he hasn't been able to get home due to COVID. So he's going to miss her birth altogether anyway. Not that he would have been able to be there. So, um, yeah, it's affecting everybody. You arrived home to a full house, Aideen. How has life been since then? Really busy. Obviously, we have... Um, three other children we had a little boy and we he's got three big sisters but they're they're not so big there's two-year-old twins and and a three almost four-year-old so it's been very busy my husband is working from home at the moment I suppose and I'm breastfeeding a newborn as well so that's it, it makes things quite challenging the restrictions are difficult sometimes when you're taking kids out for a walk and when they're the age of my children they don't always understand the social distancing and they don't understand the reason for it and um even my daughter recently asked me why why does nobody like us because <laughs> nobody's <laughs> coming here you know she'd be quite a sociable child so that part is is a little bit challenging and they the oldest was in a crash so she misses her friends and we we are trying to make the best of it. You definitely have good and bad days, days that are more frustrating and that you feel more fed up about the situation than others. But we're trying to keep the sunny side up so and uh, be as positive as we can. And has your wider family been able to see the new baby yet? They haven't. Um, one of my sisters who um, would have uh, come to our house when we when my husband was in the labour ward with me has seen. Uh, my little boy from a distance, but has been trying to adhere, you know, keeping households separate. So has been trying to adhere to those restrictions. So nobody has actually held him, which is really strange. With the newborn, it's about the newborn cuddles <laughs> and being able to hold them and being able to look at them. And I suppose my mum and dad now particularly and Henry's other granddad would miss seeing him. My dad is in a nursing home, so he, um, that's particularly hard at the moment. So, um, But look, hopefully, we're hoping after the next three weeks that things might have improved a little bit and they'll, they'll get to see him when he's about two months old. For Amy, working in a maternity hospital during the outbreak means adapting to new measures and embracing technology to help mothers who are separated from their newborns. You know, I suppose one of the big things which has been in the media recently has obviously been the restrictions to the neonatal unit, um, which for some parents will be very devastating. So hospitals are trying to kind of come online and set up I suppose, like screens so that the parents can watch their babies remotely and still be able to look at them and see how they're doing. 
obviously it's it's never going to replace you know them being there with the baby but it's it's a massive step to try and bridge this gap in terms of mums with coronavirus what advice is given to them in terms of looking after their new babies so we would still be recommending and the world health organization is still very much recommending rooming in that the baby stays with the mother um, that skin to skin is still very important and that if the woman was wishing to breastfeed that she goes ahead breastfeeding is actually you know has been shown there hasn't been shown to be any um transmission of coronavirus via breast milk and obviously it would just be you know practice hand hygiene and make sure when you go home that you're sterilizing all surfaces that you touch and if you're holding the baby or when you're feeding the baby if you you know ideally the woman would wear a mask we wouldn't be recommending that a woman wears gloves just practicing regular hand hygiene that's enough Amy, is there anything that ultimately takes away from the joy of the birth of a healthy baby? I suppose that's a that's a, tr- a tricky question. I mean, um, I suppose having been at so many births and seeing the importance that partner support plays, I do feel sad for the women who won't have their partners there with them. But equally, um, if the end result is the woman and the baby kind of going home healthy and then being able to kind of recommence that special time as a new family. And, you know, I do think that that will hopefully kind of replace those memories of having the baby alone. In the midst of this crisis and despite the strict measures, it's reassuring to know that new life is going on just as it always has. We're kind of um, we're kind of down to two names that we're in between on. We haven't really shared it with anyone yet, so um, it'll be a watch this space. But it'll probably be um, close to being after my mom's name, um, who died uh, 12 years ago. So it'll be it'll be probably close to that or aligned to that. Yeah, which is nice given that you know COVID has created such a time of family and people coming together, and you know it, it couldn't be more relevant now to name her probably after my mom. we're all safe and well and he arrived into the world safely and and you know before he arrived that's the the one big fear that you have is that you know that that you'll get something or he'll get something and and none of that happens so we're we're very fortunate we'll deal with the inconvenience for as long as we have to but it's just yeah it is it is challenging it's it's not what i expected you know in terms of um having a baby at this time but but you look for the positive In the coming weeks, we plan to run episodes in which our experts deal with your queries and questions about coronavirus and the current situation. Send your queries in audio file or text format by email to coronavirus at irishtimes.com. My thanks to Suzanne Brennan, who produced today's podcast, and thanks for listening. 
stay up to date with the latest developments at irishtimes.com. We'll be back tomorrow. 